Happy Monday, friends. This week's episode is actually two parts. And this week we talk with Ashton Sorensen about his past with addiction and also faith in God. And we also go over um, a little bit about my own personal journey in the past year. I will warn everyone that it does contain sensitive content, so it may not be suitable for everyone. But I just wanted to have this out there. I will admit that this past week I've had a little bit of a rough time and I was a little bit worried to share this episode um, because it just shows very raw and vulnerable sides of both parties. But this is why I'm doing it and I just wanted everyone to hear our stories and hope that you guys get something out of it and always know that this is a community that's safe for everyone and that there's always resources out there if you or a loved one is suffering from depression, anxiety, or addiction. Enjoy. Hey there, bud. What's up, Brad? Sis. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, we match chairs. Nice. I love it. <laughs> How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? Good. I like your uh, decor in the background. I love yeah. the skulls. We're working on it. Those are a gift from a dear friend from Sullen. That's awesome. I've been drawing a lot of skulls lately, too. Been doing a lot of art? Yeah, I actually have been getting back into it. So I decided to put like art all over my or like my own artwork on my wall. So I love it. I mean, it. not this wall, but it's a transitional room. <laughs> it's like very boring. <laughs> I remember when I first started for Levi and where you work in the day, I sold the lady a, a teal a teal shirt and a purple shirt. And I told I told her they matched and she believed me. Oh yeah, but aren't you colorblind? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I just remember Levi walking up to me after she walked out of the store. He goes, bro, what the fuck was that? It's like, what are you talking about? I was like, almost $300. He goes, you sold her a blue or a purple shirt and a teal shirt. They didn't fucking match. And I just, I was like, are you serious, dude? I said, now is better than any time to tell you I'm colorblind. I think the best, you know what though, you, you figured it out though, because whenever we'd be working together, you'd be like, Hey Al, does, does this go together? I'm like, yeah. Or I just fucking pull you shit like for you to show and then it'd be perfect. And then it was good. There was a few instances a guest would question me, does this go together? In my head it does. So well, you know, if it was like the moms, they were just fucking eating it up because they were like, oh, this guy's just showing me everything. (laughs) They fucking loved you and Levi. It was ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Out of of all the stores I worked at, I'm gonna be honest, some of the craziest stuff that happened were in that Eden Prairie Mall. I mean, it's and, and being in Minnesota, it makes absolutely no sense. Do you remember when you almost jumped the fucking counter to, to with that dude that stole that pair of pants? Do you remember he was trying to return the pants that I literally just sold? I'm like, bro, I just fucking sold these pants to the person whose name is on the receipt. Like, 
Yeah. I remember running oh. through the mall after that guy all the way down the street. He was definitely high on drugs. Uh, those, okay, I do miss, like, those, like, fucking hilarious times. Or, like, we're, I think it was you and Christina when, like, the underwear came out of the bottom of the pants or something when someone was returning them. You remember that, girl? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> me off. <laughs> you are not returning things here anymore. And I will allow uh, if you follow our return guidelines. And the thing right. is, I had been generous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, multiple times right right for sure oh my god and though, then she comes I... in no I, I said hey have these been worn no and i remember i was wearing <laughs> flip-flops and her panties <laughs> fell on my foot i was so pissed Christina so I grabbed, this, I grabbed the stick al and i grabbed her panties with that long stick we used to get shirts off the wall with <laughs> And I publicly oh humiliated her and just said, oh. I think these are yours. And I don't know about you, but I don't understand how these end oh. up in those without them being worn. Shit. Dude, that was, I just remember Christina telling me about it. And she's like, you should have seen poor Ashton. Oh. taught me a lot of things. <laughs> you know what that job taught me? Fucking patience. That's what it taught me. Yeah. I mean, I was, thanks so much for joining. I just yeah. want to go back to the first conversation we had and I, help me remember why you started doing this. Um, so I actually wanted to do it because I wanted to create like a safe space for people's health journeys and stories kind of, and not like health as in like necessarily just physical or, you know, mental. It's kind of like an aspect of everything. Um, but primarily I kind of am focusing on like mindset shift and kind of diminishing the stigma of mental health, just because I myself have so much anxiety and depression. Um, and basically the shit that we dealt with in life to get to where we are today, because I just want people to be able to re resonate with it and know that they're not alone in whatever they're going through because life fucking sucks and it, it's hard. Um, and we all need a community that we can feel welcomed in. So that's why it's called Unfuck Your Health. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I so. see I was obligated to throw the F word in there. See, I know. I will, and it's so funny because I, I have yet to tell my mom that I started this. And you know my mom, like Mama Alejo does not like the swear word. So but I, I'm sure like she would listen just because you're on it. Because she fucking loves you and Levi. I don't know Mama, what you guys did. I need some egg rolls. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do miss her egg rolls, actually. I haven't had her egg rolls in a, in a while. I just remember her busting security out at the mall. <laughs> passing out candy to all the fucking trick-or-treaters. My favorite. Didn't she slap some kid's hand? Like, no, you only get one. <laughs> One piece. What? <laughs> you can't fuck. You can't. You know, I mean, there's some about your mom though that she could probably slap anybody in the oh, head. Oh yeah. It's like, yeah. It's okay. Hands down. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Soap in the mouth. Oh, I was the. Who only the hell one. created that? Oh God, that was awful. the worst kind of though. Oh yeah. No, I, I, I was the one that got the soap in the mouth. My brother definitely did not. I was, I was the one with the mouth. Weird. <laughs> I can see you've gotten rid of that at this point in age. Oh, yeah. 
whatever. Hey, like, I, back to the point though, I think it's super yeah. cool what you're doing. Just to kind of what you're saying when you said that, it made me yeah. kind of like I just was having this conversation with somebody because it was revolving all all the back and forth or left and right of the whole student debt forgiveness. Yeah, because me and Annie would actually um, get that, and I, I mean. If I didn't get it, I don't really care. But I was just yeah. looking at how polarized, you know, every every person's the expert and everybody's got the viewpoint nowadays. And it's just like when where where did we fragment, whether it's you yeah. or me or just as humans, into the fact of what isn't good for them is or what's not good for me isn't good for anybody else and vice versa. Right. Like, you know, I I, you know, when I was a young kid, I got into all the trouble as, you know, and did crazy stuff. And and was I wrong for that? I made bad decisions and I went and I did time for it. And I had yeah. to, you know, own my mistakes and live through that. Yeah. And I ended up having just from that time, like, did my time, serve my sentence back, who, yeah. being a normal person. And I still owe money 10 years later, they're taking from my like taxes, because of the, they charged me $20 a day at 18 to be in jail. Are you so serious? Like, no, I'm dead ass serious, right? So like, I didn't and, know and, they did and that. that isn't, and that's not in regard to anybody. And I own that, like whether I got to pay yeah. it or not, I, you know, like I put myself in jail, but you know, so for me looking at something like on this student loan thing, like, hell yeah, that would help me out. But right. then like to hear so many people out there, like not everybody has to choose to go to school, this, that, or the other. And it's just like, why are we not looking at each other as like a body and like a family like sometimes like I bet you all those people took PP, PPP business loans for their loans over COVID and stuff and yeah I'm not defending that or promoting that I'm just saying there's so many different viewpoints and <clears throat> yeah I love that you're sure. doing something because I think a lot of people on the inside are struggling I don't care if it's man woman black white doesn't matter right. Right. everybody struggles and it's and it's hard and and yeah not even knowing what or how to how to share stuff sometimes is I think the hardest part oh yeah for sure and that's why I mean that was like such a especially I think what really drove it for me was the fact that I you know I had the miscarriage I was going through a, I'm going through a divorce my mom's cancer came back like all this shit like hitting the fan I'm like you know what like now is the time for me to put myself out there, be vulnerable, but also allow people to share their stories because everyone does have like a story and a past and some of us are proud of it. Some of us aren't. And regardless of what you've done in the past, it's who it's, it's what you made, what made you who you are today. You know, it. so, and I, I think that's one of the biggest things was I was struggling really bad with my depression and anxiety so I was like, I need an outlet and I, I want to share my story, but also um, have everyone else share theirs as well. Um, because you're right. We all come from different backgrounds. What works for you may not work for me. What you did in the past is different than what I did in the past, you know? So I'm just here to have conversations with my friends and just put shit out there in the universe, you know, continue. Yeah, well, for people getting a chance to watch or listen, I'm Ashton. I had an opportunity to work with Al for a couple of years of my life, which was really fun. But I think the unique thing is, is that me and her related on a, a lot of different levels and just life and um, how we viewed it and, and personalities. But 
a little bit about me and you know 30 yeah 32 years old it'll be 33 in july yeah, yeah. that's what happens as you get older you're just like oh, oh yeah i don't really yeah. give a fuck anymore like whatever yeah <laughs> i'll die when i die yeah but uh uh yeah i uh 32 and, and I grew up in kind of a really great setting or atmosphere like that was the one thing I always <clears throat> looked at when I went through after all my stuff and was kind of deep diving into my own life and okay. recognizing like I grew up in a really good setting I, we grew up not financially well off by any means but yeah um, my mom and dad always did absolutely everything they could for me and you know if I wanted the expensive toy I got it and recognizing how much they sacrificed along the way for me you never really realize and <clears throat> it's kind of weird I was like the uh, popular kid in school I played I was a three-sport athlete and I skateboarded and snowboarded and and mm -hmm. I was an artist and I, I was really a closet nerd and, and built and played video games my entire life um, but I mean all of that culmination to one thing is me having at that age a low self-esteem and, and wanting to be liked by everybody um so what I'm do you very, think attributed to like the low self-esteem at that age i don't know i i think uh i think males maybe females i don't know uh, i i know i think at that younger age you're trying to figure out a lot of who you are and what you're trying to emulate and mm -hmm. you have a lot of influence from your family hopefully and <clears throat> might be friends or extended family or a, a mentor or a church you know whatever it may be and then you have all your friends and I think going through those stages you're trying to find where where you're where you fit into the mold yeah um, and and for me I just always if, if other people were having a good time or happy or enjoying life I was <clears throat> so that's really kind of just I was a very outgoing person. I have more energy than probably most. At, although these last couple of years, I was like, I don't even want to be saying that. I got old. I got old people actually telling me like, "Shut! You can't say that yet." And I'm like, well, I don't. "Listen, I may be 32, but I feel like I'm 60 because I probably did 88 times more drugs than any of you and stayed awake eight times longer than any of you. So I've yeah. lived like three lives in one. Just on. Yeah." I'm exhausted. Do you feel like it's, uh, do you feel like with all like the, your history with the drugs? I mean, I feel like that can only just take such a toll on your body. Like just how it feels physically. I, yeah. And that, you know, I, one, I guess you'll never know. Cause it's, you'd have to, you know, metaphysically be in another body to understand. Right. But, uh, you know, I am actually really lucky. <laughs> I guess would be the, the word that comes to mind yeah that, that um yeah i mean i i beat the crap out of the earthly being i live in and and uh abused it more way way more than i should have ever um but yeah. I, I still looking at it and just to see how resilient the body actually is and uh although it's not probably the best idea to run it through the ringer like I did I mean it's just yeah right now it's like as I get you get to your 30s and stuff it's just like whoa I am only gonna have this thing for so long I better start taking care of it so yeah that's a little bit about me I mean I uh, just you know I, back to the low self-esteem thing I, I don't necessarily know where 
maybe where it came from. I, you know, I had two half brothers, one for my mom's side, one for my dad's side, because they both had children before they met one another mm-hmm. um, and then got together and had me. But I, I was so young that I, I really re- don't remember them in the house much. Yeah. My older brother, Nick, lived with his mom and my brother, Rob, was in and out of the house and in different places in his life. So um, I really kind of grew up an only child. And, and yeah. I just all I I I just didn't ever want to let somebody down. I never I still to this day don't, you know, yeah, but I like think that when guilt. you get into that, that's that you can we people can use those types of almost like uh soulful parts of their being. Like some people just are are naturally this way or anything else, whether they mm-hmm. want to acknowledge it or not. You know, right. and I think for me in my life, a lot of those scenarios, I can either let it affect me for the good or let me affect it for the bad. Um, yeah. But to that point of being young and, and dumb and not understanding a lot of those emotional constraints or setbacks or safeguards one would, would build for themselves, I just dove right in, right? And experienced yeah. all the emotion and did all the things. Um and, and, and essentially led myself to hang out and, and being somebody at my core, I knew wasn't probably the best thing for me or what was really destined for my life. But I don't know if anybody experiences this for me when I was that age, like I did, I liked everybody, but for some reason, when I looked in the mirror, I didn't, I didn't like what I was looking at yeah. Not because I was a bad person. It was just hmm. like, I'm, I'm not enough. You know, like yeah. I got to, you know, like how, and it was almost a competition in within myself. Oh yeah. And I'd always let myself as perfectionism, if you want to get yep. deep into it, but. Um, I get that. It's like, it, it's one of those things where I, that's where it's like, I have the yes factor. So like, I have a, I have a hard time saying no to people. So I would just constantly say yes. And then take on so much, take on more, more, more. And then finally I'm like, fuck like I'm breaking down like I can't do this anymore um so I get that it's it's hard and I think especially at a young age we don't know really how to kind of break out of that I mean so you do end up going to either drugs or like for me like I was I, I drank and it's like but at the time it's like I I didn't have a I mean, I didn't have a terrible childhood, but like, you know, I grew up in a a nice area too. And it's, I think there's just something psychological about being in that transition from adult, I guess I, I wouldn't even say like 18 is adulthood to me because I feel like there's still shit that I did and thought that was just so immature. Yeah. I'd say 26 is really. Oh, well, that's technically when your brain develops fully. So yeah. Yeah. There's correlation there. Yeah. Math checks out. <laughs> I went to school for it. I should know something, right? <laughs> yeah. But do you do you feel like kind of going back to like the insecurities or whatever it was that you're feeling? Um, do you feel like that kind of led you into, you know, like the drugs and whatever you got into, or was it just coincidence that that kind of no, I think, I mean, I think it was a part macro and then it was a part like inflection inside because mm-hmm. <clears throat> to my point earlier, like I, 
there's not much stuff I don't get excited about or would be intrigued in doing. Like I, I try literally usually anything like, and, and that's yeah. good and bad. And obviously a lot more reserved at the age I am now. And, and that that's from life experience, but, you know, like I, I want to experience life. And, and back then, like I said, I played three sports, but a lot of the kids I was mm-hmm. hanging out with at that age, which I still love those kids today as I progressed through my journey. But at that age, you know, they were, you know, the sports guys were getting real cocky and, and rude to everybody else in our grade yeah. and the, the kind of superior chip on the shoulder. And that started to piss me off. And, you know, then I was hanging out the skaters and in the snowboarders. And, and it was just like, you know, that's part of almost like that trying to fit your mold of where you fit in and understanding who you are as an individual and yeah, what the role I played in each of those groups, mm-hmm. you know, but I think I think when I was in the one sports group, I kind of started then sh- to shy away because it was just like, I, I, I'm not really digging this, even though I love these people doing yeah. anything for them. Like, I, this is not what I am, um, you know? And yeah. then it was like, I'd almost like go into another area and, and it was, I was searching for this thing that really, I was just, I was just searching for nothing. I mean, really, it was just yeah. like, I'm trying to figure out who I am and eventually I'm going to become who I am, right? Like your experiences yeah. define you. So, um, it, yes, it led me to the experiences because it was, whether it was the sports people then I found fun. And to be honest, guess where I found the most fun? The drugs. The drugs, the, not that all skateboarder, but like my small ass town, like we use this ditch stool and go, you know, smoke pot behind the skate yeah. park and we'd come out and skate. We weren't doing anything wrong. Like if you're in yeah. your thirties and you smoke a little pot and you go skating, like rock on bro like I don't care but we yeah. were doing you know we were breaking rules going to do things that we weren't supposed to be right. doing whatever you know but like yeah I mean we were the wild kids and the crazy kids find the crazy kids but also I think too for us like growing up in the time that we did it wasn't you know like smoking weed it was like oh my god like that person's a stoner but like now because it's so open like it's so much more open um you know it's legal in so many places I think there's just a different look or point of view on it now versus when we were younger for sure yeah I I think I definitely agree with you there it just it it brought me kind of in a point where I'm having a lot of fun in my personality I didn't there was no restraint back then there was no I'm gonna take a pause or like it was like I do this every day. <laughs> you just want for it. Then I'd go to, I would literally go to school to sleep. Okay. And then I'd go out and go hard until school started the next morning. Yeah. Yeah. In a lot of different capacities and stuff, but yeah, you know, I I've had the sporadic up great. And then I've been lowliest of low in a jail cell. Yeah. Withdrawn off of heroin and opiates yeah uh, sweat and wishing I was dead yeah. um, and I think you know I for me looking back on my life I, I could talk to somebody and they could see it a whole different way but the things that affected me you know I, like I grew up a, a with faith a Christian I, I can't stand the way traditional in yeah. modern America has made uh, a faith in a higher power yeah um, so taboo to some and then so controversial to others and and for me it's just it's just a need 
Yeah. I have to, because to be honest, my faith is the only thing that's been able to get me out of them dark places. And nobody I encounter has been to that dark place with me. So at the yeah. end of the day, I really don't care what any of those people think. So did you have, were, were you kind of faith-based before all the drugs and like all that stuff? Or did it kind of develop afterwards when you kind of started to realize you got to get out of this dark place? No, I, I, my faith was there, but it wasn't like I was some big, big, you know, kid that was uh, reading the Bible all the time or really active, you know, like I, I grew hey, up. Don't small... hate. I went to church camp. <laughs> hey, I went to church camp, but that's what I, I brought weed to church camp. Yeah. You know, so... I only did that one year. It was the last year I went there and I felt yeah. so bad because of my friends. Yeah. Did dumb stuff. And I yeah. did dumb stuff. Yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, no matter how crazy you are, I mean, those really truly are the things that if, if those crazy people make a decision to do, do life on a good path, yeah. those, th- those dumb things they've done, I mean, they, they molded where I'm going to go, right? Yeah. Like I, I know all the do's and don'ts. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I grew up in a small town with a, uh, maybe three or four different churches. We had a Methodist church, a, uh, kind of, uh, it's a modern i can't uh, like a um i don't like know. non-denominational there you go non-denominational yeah. and then they had trinity lutheran church and okay. saint john's baptist so traditional different sects of the church and, and my family yeah. we grew up at trinity lutheran my grandma she passed away this last year um she yeah. she literally has been in that church for years upon years um and we grew up there so you know growing up I went to church because my mom and dad told me I had to go to church. My dad actually never really went because he was hunting or fishing, but came on holidays. And when I was at that age, conceptualizing, it was uh, looking back, it's like, I'm doing this because the people I love most are doing it. And it's something that you do Um, and and no specific reason. It's just at that time, the one thing I didn't get is what, what any like if you believe in Jesus, like what what that faith really is and what that relationship yeah. looks like with Jesus, because I was taught everything about faith, but nothing about a relationship. So it was kind of like same in life, like rules right. or guidelines, and you're either doing good or you're doing bad. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was there, but I, you know, and I got confirmed and I, you know, went to church yeah. on Sundays and everything else. And my grandma, you know, me and her would go down to the old folks home and we'd play cribbage and, and uh, bake banana bread and I'd play guitar and, and different yeah. random things. Um, but, you know, when after, you know, like church camps and stuff happened while I was in high school and really towards the end of high school, out into early, you know, adolescence, adulthood, mm-hmm. um, that's when everything got crazy. When I finally hit, you know, cause Ashley's had probably maybe 10 rock bottoms, you know, yeah. like they're, that hole kept going. I just stopped digging because I was exhausted. And and I think that, you know, really recognizing all those times back then, I mean, really, I cried out. I it was I was in jail. I it was the worst uh withdrawal I'd ever gone through. Like if I I would have chose to just been gone. Yeah. I sweat and puked for I don't know, maybe 10 days straight on the floor. And I never actually really moved the cell, the floor of my cell because shitting or um, 
puking into the toilet and I it was you know like pretty much actually I don't know you know if anybody listening really bad flu or like bad COVID like you your whole body is sweating like parts of your body that shouldn't sweat are sweating yeah and then instantly freezing cold I mean the worst uh withdrawal and and I wouldn't I honestly would not wish that upon anybody in life and um I I remember I was just finally had gotten to that mental emotional physical spiritual low and and I just I I knew I was either gonna die or I was just gonna end up in prison my whole life so do you feel like that that was kind of like the pivotal moment that you realized you got I think I had a few pivotal moments and I think the last pivotal moment I said motherfucker you're gonna be in your your dog you know and that's still messed up today because I I still look back at that and I you know at at weak times in my life it was like why why me mm-hmm. you know because it's that same back to the you know low self-esteem yeah. that originally started because I think character defects are with you through life they just don't yeah. magically disappear it's this you know right you could you can be great at that in your life for a long time and that can still resurface because of an emotion yeah. or an old relationship or a whole right. happenstance um, and that's where I, I've tried to focus a lot of that but I lost my train of thought that's okay I guess when you when you kind of you had said that you'd had like a few rock bottoms what did you do to kind of get out of that state because I mean I can only imagine I can't say I ever really I I was so far in and so far (laughs) that you just really didn't medicated I I was forced yeah the first few times I was forced right like yeah life and Ashton are ripping 100 yeah. miles an hour and until cops showed up and messed with my parade yeah then I didn't want to go to jail and then warrants were out and like it was yeah. a forceful god putting the fist down reckoning of yeah you need to slow the f- down yeah and uh yeah I mean I I I own every, every bad decision I made, you know, each time I went to court, whether it was a drug possession or the intent to distribute or whatever it may be. I, yeah. Yep. I did it. <clears throat> but which, you know, cause I, I know other drug addicts and you may be actually the only one that actually owned up to the shit that you've done. Because the ones that I know, I mean, at least the ones I know, they, they never did. Um, they would always put the blame on someone else. So I guess what would, I guess I don't know where I'm going with that, but. I, well, I mean, I, I think, think I maybe know. I, I, looking back at my life, like I, there's been times I've put myself in a bad situation and I had to eat the humble pie or the, the agonizing inside embarrassment. There's not a single person on this earth that will ever hurt me uh, maybe my wife but that would hurt me more than I hurt myself and there's nobody that could look down on me more than I look down on myself it goes back to the low self-esteem perfectionism so I you know in those moments and I'm thankful for this I mean I consider that a gift and a a strength to be able to own your mistakes and yeah you know the one of them I got arrested and I tried I tried to fight it for a little bit because I I mean I was fighting the process of what they were doing Mm -hmm. because it was wrong you know when it came to me actually being the owner of the drugs or whatever it may be yeah I did it like I 
I'm, I'm going to own up to this. You caught me red handed, whatever, you yeah. know, cause I was raised on like, Hey man, like if you're going to around, you better be ready for the consequences. And a man is, yeah. is his word, you know? Yeah. So like, if, if you're going to do, you know, it's just, that was what it was built upon. And I think on the inside, I, I could not ever allow myself, um, because I, I gotta, I have to have that moral compass and I can yeah. waver on it because I, that's when I do dumb shit. <laughs> yeah. So at what, uh, what age did you kind of, I guess, get clean or, you know, kind of change things around? Well, I mean, I went to jail right away at 18, <laughs> 13 days oh, after did? I got, 13 oh, days I after that. I turned 18, I got arrested with, it's oh, like God. a, uh, it was like a half pound of weed, a gas mask, a machete, Wait. some other things I don't <laughs> want to talk about. Uh, did you take the machete from my mom? <laughs> like, just kidding. Because my mom has a machete, but that's that's for a different. That's for something else. But like, I right away at that age, I was already going down to like North St. Paul to get my in the East Side to get my stuff. So it was just like you know, a, a young ass eighteen year old. What's the best yeah. weapon to have in that scenario? Grab the machete. Yeah, I mean, sorry, like. I'm just picturing young Ashton with a fucking half pound of weed and a machete. I like, never, I never, and luckily I never <laughs> did it like hurt somebody crazy. Like I got in fights and yeah, fights and this and that. But I do remember chasing somebody through the Kmart parking lot with that thing. Okay. It was you like 10 years that. ago, so they can't even go back for me on it. But it's just like, out of all things to choose a fucking... <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's some fucking caveman shit right there, <laughs> like in the, in the tribes. Oh, yeah, I don't. Man. I mean, and back to the question of, of like what you know, what I may be the only one to own up to it, or or this or that. I, I just think that until the person comes to the recognition of, yeah, I may have an issue, and it, you know, like obviously in the drug and alcohol space, it's really revolved around addiction, but you know, the older I get and the, and I'm a thinker, <laughs> like, you know, like the last four or five years, I mean, it's all about, mm -hmm. you know, education and, and learning and, and making myself better, whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, yeah. relationally, um, career-wise and, and uh, you know, and it's to the point of your, your podcast. I mean, I think everybody has the valleys and the plateaus in their life. Mm -hmm. You got the roadblocks that um, and in my own personal faith, like Christ and God, they, it, it gets put there and that is going to come back until you really learn the lessons through that in your life. Yeah. And, and you can even relate that to other religions, you know, truths oh, oh, yeah. or, or, or things. And, and I think that, I think a lot of people, um, they get stuck and yeah. they don't know how to get unstuck and some talk until they're blue in the face about it and some recluse and, and don't share anything and get depressed and, and step away. Yeah. Um, but, but it all starts with looking at yourself and, and, and looking at, you know, I've been talking about this whole time is what, what are some of the character defects that you have and, mm -hmm. and what are maybe some of the, like the defining moments in your life that happened that really were the experiences that may have shaped some of those thoughts 
you know, because, you know, some of the smartest wisdom I had ever got, I, and I, it was either a pastor or a counselor. And this is back sometimes, I can't remember a yeah. name or anything, but it was just good wisdom of like, you know, whether it's a, a fight relationally with a spouse or a parent or, or anything, a lot of the times the issue actually isn't the problem. You know, like the action yeah. or, or what's the thing we're arguing about actually is not the issue. Yeah. And I was just having this conversation with, I think my wife, but, you know, looking at that, whether it's work or anything else, I mean, we get so busy yeah. Whether it, it, and we don't recognize that, you know, it's a, a lot of the times an emotion mm-hmm. or a feeling that has triggered you to go into this chapter or, yeah. you know, couple pages. Um, and I think when you're, when you're not giving yourself self-care, whether that for me is getting up and reading the Bible or maybe mm-hmm. doing worship and praise on Sundays with my wife or, or whatever the things that allow you to get close with God, like some, like, yeah. you know, me and my wife bought uh, my grandparents' house and, and property and, and we get to walk out in the forest with the dog. And, and, and I mean that in and of itself, and just yeah. stepping away from the technology and, and friends and work and, and um, giving myself time to process. Uh, yeah. I think that really has been the most influential thing throughout the last 15 years, because I, you know, there's been a couple of times, Al, that I got sober and like me, I, I can do a lot of things good. Getting clean wasn't one of them. Yeah. It took me some tries and it wasn't just like, I got clean and then I stumbled a little bit. Like my ass went back to jail. My ass went back to treatment. My, I like, I, there was so much that I was all over the place with that I got, it was pulled too easy. And what, what was important most to me, it it was, it was able to get replaced. Not that it meant any less to me, but there's, you know, like me, I'm just like the ADH key, like, Ooh, shiny keys, Ooh, squirrel. Like, yeah everything intrigues me. I want to learn about it. And if, and that's the thing about me, like if I find interest in something like right now, I I'm thinking about becoming a forester because I own a forest now and the, the, the trees in the woods have taught Break me out so- that machete. <laughs> straight up. I already got one. I had to get it replaced. The old one was dull, but like, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, you know, like this, God has really shown me a lot, even just in the sense of life as an organism or or him, who he is. Well, and it allows you to do a lot of like self-reflection too, when you start to, um, cause I, I've, I've always had, I mean, I grew up Catholic as you know. Um, so it was, it was very much like a very strict, like we had to go to church, um, no matter what. Uh, so it was one of those things where it's, over time, I obviously strayed away from my faith, went back. It was just the back and forth relationship with that, but it does, it really does help you kind of look within and help you kind of figure out what you really need to do with your path at the moment. And I think that that's probably a huge factor that, you know, like Christina and I joke, like everyone needs Jesus, but in the sense it's actually true because I just feel like with all the shit that's happening in this world, all the hate, all, all that stuff. I just feel like there just needs to be some sort of one self-reflection to faith in whatever you want, but 
that's going to help you really figure out what's really the problem inside you. I got a tattoo up on my left arm and it is. Is that a new one? Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. It's Jesus. And then I, I had, I have a clock, like an old. I think you, yeah, I think I've seen that one. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. yeah. So Jesus is there and it's a clock. And then on the back of my arm, it's a devil. Mm-hmm. And part of the clock is kind of like ch- chipping off and to the to your point al you know at least when it comes to my faith and how i view this god defeated satan mm-hmm. christ defeated satan when he rose he, yeah. he was crucified for this our sin he rose yeah that defeated satan the thing about satan is is he's very real whether you want to believe that in some mythical you know sense yeah. or or anything else, or, or spiritual warfare, I, I think the enemy is real. Yeah. I know that firsthand, because I've lived through a lot of demographics of life, rich, mm-hmm. poor, addicted, you know, great sunshines and lollipops, like everything. Right. When I was in the dark, dark places of the world, around mm-hmm. some of those people who were fighting addictions, or just the lowliest of the low and i pray i that's who jesus hung out with when he was on this earth right those types of people because a lot of those times those people are the ones who are ready to see some of the truth and i don't i'm not saying that you have to get to that spot in life yeah but i did like i needed to um but when 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 he defeated him what can Satan really do? Like, Al, can, can the enemy take your faith away from you? No. He can't. He yeah. literally can't. Right. And I think that's where, you know, like that was the whole concept of this tattoo. The one thing he can do, distract the fuck out of you. Right. Steer you away from your Television, path. social media, video games. That's my, like my number one past, like, this last year I've been out in the woods more and we all go through seasons of life and stuff, but back yeah. to your point of self-reflection, are you doing this because you're, you're hiding from the, the sadness in your life of not being where you want to be in life, not, yeah. not succeeding the way you thought you were supposed to be able to get through. Cause mm-hmm. I have, and that, that, that action in and of itself is really who built it's what builds the inside character for you to be able to this last year was one of the hardest years of my entire life my brother went off the deep end my grandma who's the matriarch of our family yeah I mean the one person who never judged me in my addiction never gave me an ounce of shade or hate she always told me she was disappointed but she knew I'd get it together and then she'd always give me some big twila hug you know and, and I, I'll never forget that. And, mm-hmm. and I had so many of these great people, but for me, it was just like, I have to get this for me. Mm-hmm. But throughout this whole last year, all of those shared experiences and that self-reflection and on just, if I would have experienced the year I had this year, even probably two years ago, I don't know if I would have been able to handle it. Yeah. It was just so much stuff. 
But I think, again, to my point, like God doesn't put us in things we're not ready for. Yeah. And I, I there's always the person who throws out, well, then why does, you know, the, your sister or husband die from cancer or this or that? Like be, being a follower in Christ doesn't, bad stuff isn't going to happen to you. I mean, my like, mom's like, you're, my mom, your mom, they're both cancer survivors. I mean, they still have their faith. So yeah I, I get that that's the it's the battle of good and evil it's you know I think that you know yeah. is it an Indian Native American adage and it's you know the story of the wolf yeah you know, it's the good and the bad and, and it just depends on which one you feed more you right. know like I that's it's you know whether it's it's a lot of different things in the in the country and in the world right now like looking at whether it's politics or faith like that's I mean, I don't look at those things as the, the, the dude on the left and the dude on the right. I've said yeah. Satan's, Satan's succeeding. Yeah. He's doing a damn good job. It's not the Ukraines or the Russians. Yeah. No. Vladimir, whatever is yeah. a douchebag. Like there's just horrible. so much hate. I mean, there's yeah, just so much fucking hate. It's so sad. It's greed, hate. It's, and it's just so sad because the sin, seven deadly sins. Like what are yeah. they to really get deep on this? Oh, yeah. America is now the number one fattest country in the world. Yeah. I'm not harping on people yeah. who are old. Yeah, I'd fuck, love to eat. If I had something where if I bought <laughs> oh, it, like, I know. I'd, I'd be a balloon. We used to eat a lot. Like... <laughs> we used to eat a lot in the day. <laughs> but like, that's just the, it's in a, it's a country that's built on consumerism and yeah. fueling the need to be bigger, be better, do yeah. more, have more keeping up with the Joneses type of crap and, and yeah. look at how distracted people are. There's no doubt that there's a direct correlation on, and, and, you know, the thing that hurts and saddens me the most is that's the, that's the conversation we're having with the people who aren't Christians, who don't yeah. believe in Christ or who are off, but then the demise within the body of Christ mm-hmm. of well, I can't be a part of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. your sin's more righteous than my sin. <laughs> right, right. All right, fella, I get you, big dog. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hang out with you either. Yeah, it, it's it's just such a, a sad perpetual cycle. And I just, I just, I hope that we can eventually break it um, because it, it, it does take a toll on people. And Again, I, I too had one of the hardest years of my life this past year and I was in a dark place. Like, I don't know if I told you this, uh, not many people know, but now they're going to know. <laughs> um, but I was in such a dark place and so depressed that like, I want, I, I attempted to take my own life. I mean, it was just one of those things that I, I, and it's so sad because now that I look back on it, like I have so many other people in my life that love and care for me that I need to be on this earth for. So, but it's like, you get to that point where you're just so, you're just in such a dark place that you just don't see a light. And I, that's what I experienced. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this is to share that it's, it's okay to not be okay. Like, it's okay to be in that dark place because you are going to eventually see that light and get out of it. Agreed. Yeah. Shit just, shit just got deep real fast. (laughs) 
Let me take an intermediate break real quick. <laughs> 